this computer. Perfect. All right. So, uh, Mr. Nunez, uh, if you could just tell me a little bit about yourself and like your career. Sure. Uh, my name is Mark Nunez. I'm a performance athletic trainer. <clears throat> I've been practicing this field for a little bit over 22 years. Uh, most of my years, about 21 of it, was spent working in the professional setting. Um, right out of college, I started working as assistant athletic trainer with the Los Angeles Avengers Arena Football. Um, did that for about five years in arena football. Um, and then usually worked my way up. I worked with the uh, LA Sparks of WNBA as head athletic trainer, uh, head athletic trainer with the South Bay Lakers. Back then, they were called the LA Defenders. And eventually spent the last 12 years um, working as assistant athletic trainer for the first eight years, and then later as a head athletic trainer with the Los Angeles Lakers of the NBA. Perfect. Thank you. Um, so just a little bit about that Lakers experience. Um, I know we touched on it individually, but how was it like working through those championship teams, meeting all the players and just being able to take in the games while also uh, balancing your career? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was a great opportunity. It was a great experience. Um, I was happy that I was able to achieve my goal, you know, as a student athletic trainer, my goal, I had set a goal to try to become a head athletic trainer um, at the professional level. I wasn't quite sure whether I wanted NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA. My goal was just to kind of get to that level. Initially, I wanted to kind of get into the NFL, but my life or my experience, my rock took me more towards um basketball I actually ended up in basketball I first started in arena football because I wanted to get into football um, but it, you know it I guess uh, life gave me my own path and took me detour into, into basketball was, that's where I started with the Sparks and slowly gravitated to working with the Lakers um, it, I mean it, it was a great experience I was blessed to be part of the organization part of the team I was lucky enough to be with the organization in 2008 2009 and 2010 when we won back-to-back -back championships so I've had the experience to be able to kind of experience those winning years and also have two rings, um, own two rings as part of being part of the team. Um, but also just being around the players, the atmosphere, um, and being able to learn and experience what it actually takes to be part of those, uh, those, those professional teams and, and work at that professional level. Perfect. Thank you. Um, kind of piggybacking off of your experience with the Lakers, do you have any like one standout experience of something that you'll always remember from your job, like maybe being in a game and like uh, needing to come to the attention of a player. And it's like a big moment, like anything like that. Um, the, the first moment that kind of pops in my head is actually my first day working with the Lakers. So when I got hired and I came on board as assistant athletic trainer, we had started train camp. And um, the very first day, the team was, you know, as a, as, a, as a newbie to the group, you know, when I joined them, they were, they, you know, the head of trainer Gary was already there, been there for so many years, Chip Schaefer, the head strength coach was there, Alex McKinney, uh, Marco Devoti, they, they already had been there for a good amount of years. So I was a newbie to, to the group. So, you know, the difficult part is trying to kind of find what my role was going to be with the, with this organization, with this group. Um and uh, the very first day of training camp, I remember um, one of the players, Luke Walton, happened to have experienced some knee, a little bit of knee issues, uh, tendonitis, and he was looking to get taped because he forgot to get taped before he got on there. So he's kind of yelling for a trainer. Um, everybody was busy. So I grabbed him, I go and I tape him up and, and kind of do, do what I need to do. And as soon as I'm done, you know, his, for his words out of his mouth, hey, Marco, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of this team, uh, which is kind of nice because it was kind of like a, an official welcoming of uh, being part of the organization. So that, that kind of, I felt it was a, a good, good experience with, with him.
That, yeah, that sounds like a great memory to have. Um, yeah, now he's coaching for the Kings. So, yeah, going doing big things now, representing the Lakers. Um, so another question I was going to say is, what would you say the importance of networking um, as a young professional was? So when you were working for the arena football team, how important was it to be constantly working and searching for jobs and networking at that position and then also in your current life and as uh, you're working for the Lakers? Yeah, so networking is something I think that you never stop doing no matter what, you know, what age you're in or where you're in your career, something that I continue doing and, and I, I think I will always kind of do. Um, I think building your network and, and building a solid network and kind of maintaining your network at the same time, because it's not only just building network, but maintaining the network. What that means is that, you know, once you meet the people and you introduce the people, you got to make sure you kind of build, keep that relationship uh, because it's something that you kind of maybe introduce some, to, you know, you can meet somebody like 10 years ago, but you never talked to them. And all of a sudden you pick up the phone, Hey, I need a favor. I'm doing this. Most likely they're going to be like, Hey, you know, I haven't talked to you in 10 years. You know, all of a sudden you're going to kind of call me. Um, so not only building, but maintaining your network is the key thing. Um, and as, as a student, as a trainer, as a student, I think right now, because you may not have the proper skills or certifications or degrees to kind of, you know, kind of uh, grow your career, you can take full advantage of networking right now, because that's something you could do at any age, at any level. You don't have to have many much experience. You don't have to have degrees. You don't have to have certifications. But I think uh, that's one thing I tell a lot of student trainers because they're like, hey, what should I be doing right now? Right now, you should just building your network as much as you can, getting to meet people, getting people to know you, um, and eventually also getting them to know uh, your value. And like I mentioned earlier, is that, you know, everybody has value. It's just, you got to find out what is your value. Your value may not be right now because you don't have degrees. You may not have certifications, but you have other values you have, whether you're dedicated to your job, whether you're a hard worker, uh, you're punctual, whatever it is, you still have value. And that's what you kind of, kind of make sure you kind of build on and, and, and show other people that that's what you can bring to the organization, can bring to a, a training room, a clinic or, or whatever it is. Like, like I mentioned, um, when I started working with the LA Avengers, the way I got my, my foot in the door, I was still a student after trainer. So obviously when I, when I introduced myself to Lonnie Scott, the head trainer, I knew that I didn't have a license. I knew that I didn't have much experience in after training. So I knew he wasn't going to bring me on board because of that, but I had to show my value to him and my dedication, my hard working, being punctual, uh, being the first one there, the last one to leave, you know, he saw some value in me regarding pertaining to that part. And that's why he kind of brought me in, in there. Um, but networking is something you you got to start early and you really don't stop at all. Perfect. Perfect. Um, thank you. Yeah, net, we we understand it's really important to be able to sell yourself when going in for a job interview or just trying to connect with someone. You will always want to be able to sell yourself. So kind of on top of the working with the Lakers, working with the arena football teams and other things. Mm -hmm. What, even though the Lakers you won championships with and it's the highest level of professional sports, was there a certain environment that you found to be the best environment? So maybe it wasn't the Lakers and maybe it was your arena football team. Which which position did you feel most comfortable in and like enjoy the most? Um, well, you know what, if, if you work by yourself um, and you're like your own, own person you're and you're like in a room by yourself and you don't interact, interact with many people and I think I think you're fine with that because it's just you do your own thing um, one of the the environments you want to try to kind of work in and that's something that I've learned a lot is also how you work with others and how others work with you um, it's it's you know you, you, 
it, working with the Lakers, working in arena with the Avengers, working with the Sparks, working with anybody, being an athletic trainer, you are working in a room with other individuals, whether it's strength coaches, whether it's, whether, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the physical therapists, whether it's the, the dietitians or anything of that sort. Um, one thing I've learned over my years is you have to work as a team, as a unit. Same thing, just like the players who work, you know, they participate on the court or on the field. They have to work and, 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 and play as a team, kind of team chemistry. So the team chemistry isn't just only for the players. It actually applies for everybody else, you know, the sports medicine staff, the athletic training staff, um, the strength and conditioning. You have to kind of build chemistry. And one thing I've learned over my years is that um, I've always want, I want to work with people that, that don't have a personal agenda. That's one of the issues sometimes you get where people kind of have a, you know what, I want to do my own thing. That we're part of a team. You kind of kind of have to work in, in unison, just like if you, in college, if you're in school right now and you work on a project, um, you guys are going to be working together because you guys are going to get one grade as a group. There shouldn't be anybody that was just trying to stand out because they want to get that A plus and who cares about everybody else. You can get the B. I want to get the A. Um, so finding team chemistry within the sports medicine staff um, is, I think, a, a key component that, that I value a lot. Nice. nice. Yeah. Um, it seems like it is a very important value to just be able to work collectively, considering mm-hmm. you are working to support a collective at the same time, Ooh. right? Oh, hold on one second. I don't know what happened. You're all good. You're all good. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. Sorry about that. All right. Hopefully it's sent. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. So my my next question was gonna be more about like individual experience and like yep. being able to focus on the job at hand because I mean you're pretty much like courtside at like these sporting events, right? Like the basketball mm-hmm. games, the all-star games, whatnot. How, like, how is it? Uh, I feel like for me, at least it'd be at first impossible to not be like starstruck if I'm like, I'm sitting at the NBA finals, but I had to do my job at the same time. So like I'm working and stuff, but once the game starts, I feel like I'd be super distracted. Yeah. And, like, always wanting to watch the game. So how are you able to balance that? I'm sure for you, it's like your, your job is to actually like, pay attention to the players while you could probably enjoy the game. But um, how was it like if someone came over to the sideline and was injured? Cause I know, I mean, being a big Kobe fan, he got injured a lot and he just would go to the sideline, talk to Gary VD or one of the training staff members, and then who pop back in the game. So how is it like hard to channel all your energy to one player and then switch back to enjoy the game and then back and forth? Um, you know, it, it, it's something it, there's no one way to do it. There's no like specific answer. I don't think there's something you can train. Um, you know, when, when I first started uh, as, as an athletic trainer, when I started with the LA Avengers and I got out there, yeah, I was kind of like, oh my God, you know, I'm at, the LA Avengers used to play at, at Staples Center. I'm like, oh, I'm at, I'm at Staples Center. I'm at the bottom. You know, the fireworks are going and the live show. It, it's natural. It's normal. You're going to kind of experience that. Um, but slowly by slowly, you, you start kind of realizing, hey, you know what? This is my job. I got to focus. I got to be professional. I got to do what I need to do. Um, eventually, like when I, when I was with the Lakers, 99% of the time, I never actually knew what the score was uh, during the game uh, because I never, have, never had time to kind of look at the score. Usually, I would either hear uh, the, the cheers from the crowd. You know, if I heard cheers, I mean, we did something good type of thing. 
uh, my my thing, you know, when I was on the bench in the games is I would always be looking at the players. I would always analyze their movement, their mechanics. Is someone favoring one leg or the other? Is someone limping? Is someone, you know, wincing, you know, when they come down, they're like holding their shoulder or something like that. So I'm more looking at their movements, their mechanics, um, how they're functioning, how they're moving, how they're running, how they're jumping type of thing. Because if I can identify something before it actually becomes worse, that's my job is try to kind of address it. And maybe during a timeout, when they come out, I'll be like, hey, I saw you kind of limping up there. You okay? And debugging you. And sometimes a player will be like, yeah, you know, my, my hips been a little tight. Okay, well, let's go ahead and see if we can go, to, you know, do something real quick. Let's go back either at halftime, let's address it um, and kind of be able to um, prevent any kind of injuries. So, you know, after a while, you kind of get in tune to what you're doing. And focusing on, on on evaluating and assessing the players because that that's my job, that's our goal. Like I said, majority of times I didn't even know what the score was. Um, at, at, I would always look up, you know. Sometimes, occasionally I would look up, and you either up, we're either up by ten, and then you know five minutes later I look up and we're like we're down by ten. I'm like, oh, what happened? But I, I have no clue what's going on. Type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so how how was it transitioning to a career after the lakers so what what does that look like for you or what has that look like? yeah so um you know transitioning out of the lakers that, that's something that i've been wanting i mean like i said i spent 21 years working in professional sports that's that's a good amount of time um what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that when you work in the professional setting um you work seven days a week um 24 hours a day uh 365 days of, of the year you don't take breaks there's no no holidays there's no anniversaries there's no birthdays type of thing um and you know i'm not trying to be a debbie downer here um but when when the season begins you know i talked to students when the season begins all those like birthdays that you originally attended with your family all those barbecues all those gatherings all those uh holidays um you just have to assume that you're not going to be there um if you have kids um all those recitals all those uh uh graduations um, any uh, soccer games, any volleyball games, anything of that sort, you just assume, hey, I'm not going to be there because you're either traveling with the team or you're busy working. Um, so at that point, you know, even with them, I was trying to kind of figure out what do I need to do because I wanted to do something different. Um, so now, you know, I've taken advantage of my experience, my career, what I've done, and 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 dove, uh, dove into more of entrepreneurship um, in the process of opening up uh, two performance facilities, um, I have two other businesses that, that, that I operate, camps, stuff like that. I work with clients. I still work with athletes, but it's more in a, on a private one-on-one uh, level um, instead of kind of working with the team. Uh, the beauty about that is that it allows me to set my own schedule. So I work when I want to work. Um, granted, with the athletes, sometimes I have to kind of go based on their schedule, but it's not crazy hours like it used to be. Um, you know, the one thing you got to consider, like, for example, Christmas Day, Um I think uh, after I was done with the Lakers, I was home for Christmas Day for the first time in like about 20 years. Um, so in the last 20 years, uh, our Christmas Day holiday had to be rescheduled for either like the 27th, the 28th, or we would do it like a little bit earlier. So it was never, ever on Christmas Day. Um, and even when we were home, you know, the Lakers play on, on Christmas Day. So even if we, we would play at 630 or 1230, um, I would be at Staples Center all day. You know, if it was like, for example, uh, even we play at 6.30, my day begins at 8 a.m. and doesn't begin, it doesn't end until 1 a.m. the next day. So even though we're home, I would still not be home type of thing. Um, so, I mean, there's some sacrifice to it. Um, like I said, there's ups, there's downs. Um, I, I had an opportunity to work with the team, had an opportunity to travel all throughout the United States, had an opportunity to travel around the world with them, went to China, went to Spain, went to Europe. Um, had 
the opportunity to be able to um, gain two championship rings at the same time. So um, it's like I said, there's ups and downs. It's just something that, that you as an individual have to decide, is that something that I want to do? Uh, because as an athletic trainer, you can work at the professional level, you can work at the collegiate level, you can work at a clinic, you can work nowadays, there's industrial athletic training, you can work for the military or anything of that sort. Uh, so there's a lot of things you could do as an athletic trainer. Wow, that, that seems like when you're talking about the traveling, I was like, yeah, I didn't really think about that. You go everywhere with the team. So it is, you are correct. traveling very frequently and stuff. Um, especially. Co- correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you, when the, wherever the team goes, you have to be with them um, and stuff like that. So like I said, that, that's, uh, that's a plus to it because you get to go everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also a downside because you have to go everywhere you go. So it depends how you look at it. Half full, half empty. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so you talked a little bit about, about like the entrepreneurial side, how you're looking to open like two more performance centers. So do you mind telling me a little bit about that, how like that came to be, how you made the decision to do that and how like that process is going? Yeah, so it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while already, like for the last maybe three, four years. Um, and actually, I was ready to open one up uh, last year in March, right before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, everything, of course, like everybody else, everybody had to pivot and put everything on pause. Uh, but now the sports are opening up again uh, here in Orange County. We have a new performance facility that we're opening up here in Yorba Linda, California. And we're telling it to athletes and weekend warriors or even just regular any patients. So it's a, a performance and rehabilitation center for athletes to come in. Um, so basically, I'm doing exactly what I normally do, but just not working as an entrepreneur, working with individual athletes, individual patients on rehab, intervention, strengthening, uh, performance, agility, speed, and all, all that uh, good stuff type of thing. Um, in addition, also, um, I'm opening up a different business also called uh, Best Do Basics Best. And this geared towards youth athletes. Um, one thing I've realized working in, in this level and even working with athletes, youth athletes or young athletes, is that you know every athlete seems to want to run before they can master walking. Um, type of thing. You know, every athlete wants to run fast, jump higher, you know, because they want to get to that pro level, they want to be like their idol, uh, whether it's Kobe, you know, Stephen Curry, whatever. And I get it, it's it's normal. Um, but oftentimes they forget about the fundamentals and the basics, the movement skills. Um, so a good friend of mine, he used to be, the, he used to be an athletic trainer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He and I are starting an organization um, to try to kind of teach uh, the fundamental, fundamentals of movement, but not only just movement, but the fundamentals of being a good athlete, the mind and the soul, um, understanding that failure is part of success and be able to grow from that failure and kind of, you know, be stronger from it type of thing. You know, there's a saying that we have, you know, the W's and the L's, there's a wins, W for the wins. The L is only considered of a loss if you don't learn from it. Um, so that's kind of like what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach youth athletes, young athletes that, hey, you you have an L, you got a loss, but you got to learn from it um, and be able to grow from it uh, type of thing. You know, like I said, falling and failures is part of success. And I think even, uh, I think there's a quote from Michael Jordan that he says, you cannot succeed without failing a couple of times, but learning from the failures is a key component to get to success. Just like right now, when I'm opening my business, I know there's going to be things I'm going to do wrong and I know I'm going to fail here and there, but I got to learn from it to eventually be successful. True. True. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is an important point to know. Um, is the um, center for the youth, um, sports going to be in your Belinda as well? No, so uh, well, we're right now we're starting it in uh, the South Bay area. Um, 
in like LA area right now. Um, we're starting it this summer, but eventually the goal is to pretty much go all state and, and eventually go national. Um, so our goal is eventually to uh, hire coaches uh, that have the same philosophy as us, the same mentality as us, same approach as us, um, and open up camps and have and give provide this access to all youth athletes nationwide. Um, you have them understand, you know, movement. Because you know, I, I work with a lot of high school athletes right now, and uh, it's it's very I see kind of some of their movement patterns that they kind of skipped over they didn't master as as a young as a young athlete or younger athlete um, and 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 they're sustaining some issues or some injuries and some of these issues could have been fixed um, when they were younger or at least helped them kind of master or understand it um, before they grow you know grow old it's just like you know in, in any sport the foundation whether you're basketball the skills. You want to master the foundations, the basketball, you know, your, your foot movement, your, your dribbling, the basketball, all that stuff. And be able, and then from there, you can kind of go ahead and excel. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so this is kind of like the general end. Uh, I got one more question. Sure. Uh, if you had one piece of advice to tell some young entrepreneur or someone who's looking to get in the training side or the even business side of things, what would you recommend to do? Um, to be able to live the career and life that you've lived. Correct. So the, uh, the one thing I also tell student athletes, or just student at, uh, students uh, that kind of going into business or anything like that sort, is um, when you're out on the field or when you're on the job or you're on the, on the floor in the clinic or anything on that sort, keep in mind that the way your approach, your professionalism while you're uh, working is a key component. And, and that's actually when you actually do your interview. And th this is what I mean. You know, most people think um, when they apply for a job, you know, they put on their suit, they put on their best, their A game, they bring the resume and they sit in front of a panel or in front of an individual. And they think that, hey, this is when I'm, I have the opportunity where I'm going to get the job or not, because this is where I interview. But in reality, especially in the sports industry, your interview it actually happened or starts way before then. It actually happens while you're actually working with or you're interacting with other individuals because people see how, what you're doing. They see how you interact. Um, and I'll give you a prime example. I think um, that is one of the reasons why I actually think I got hired initially with the LA, uh, with the LA Sparks. So I came back from North Carolina um, and I was back here in Southern California and all of a sudden I get a call from the general manager for the LA Sparks and, and she lets, leaves a message and says, hey, my name is Penny Toller. We're looking to hire a uh, head athletic trainer. You were highly recommended. Can you please call me? I never applied, never knew they were looking to hire somebody, but she's the one who approached me. So I called her and, and I inter you know, interviewed, blah, 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 got the job. Um, later I find, you know, I'm like, well, how did you know about me or what happened? You know, why did you call me? And later she told me that there was a gentleman named Clyde Brewster, who was a physical therapist, that he's the one that highly recommended me. I met the gentleman once, um, but apparently he saw how I operated. He saw how I worked. He saw my dedication. He saw my professionalism. Um, I never called him to harass him, but he recommended, highly recommended me for the position. So that's what I mean that you as an individual, student athlete, or just student athlete trainer, while you're interacting, how you're moving around, um, with other, whether in the classroom, whether it's in the training room, whether it's on the field, whether you're at, people are watching how you work, how you operate. And that's gonna, you know, that is kind of when your interview process is. So if you're there sitting on your phone, you're late, you leave early, uh, you do stuff like that, people are gonna notice that. 
And then when that position opens up and they ask somebody, hey, you know what, who would you recommend? They're not going to look at you. They're going to look for somebody else. So um, like I said, your interview process is at all times. It's not just when you're sitting there with your best suit in front of the person interviewing one-on-one or one in front of the panel. Perfect. I think that's some great advice. I think anyone watching can um, go ahead and take that advice forward. And I definitely will take that into account when (laughs) applying for my next job. So I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording.